You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to NSPS Radio Hour. This is Kurt Sumner, your host. Glad to be back after the July 4th holiday. It only takes me a week or so to get over holidays now. Uh, and it's not for drinking either, because I don't do that. But uh, just old age, I suppose, is is the thing that gets me every time. But anyway, thanks for joining us today. My des- guest today is Chris Fieri from uh, Wisconsin, and we're going to be talking about something called the 4590 marker, which some of the folks listening may know about and perhaps not. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the town uh, that you mentioned in the in southern tongues don't say those words really well but uh, nonetheless chris i appreciate you being with me today well thank you good morning kurt um yeah the town you're trying to pronounce is uh or not trying i guess is uh is Ponatowski, um and it's in central wisconsin um in marathon county um and it's near the where the 45th parallel i'm sorry yeah yeah the 45th parallel meets the 90, 90th meridian Right. So that that looked enough like uh, uh, Poxitani, I guess, in that where the, <laughs> the groundhog lives or something. Not in your state, but <laughs> pretty close. Yeah, it's, it's, it's close. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Well, before we get going, Chris, uh, just tell the folks a little bit about who you are and what what your job is, and we'll get into talking about the the topic here in a little bit. But just give our audience a bit of information about you. Okay, well, yep, I'm Chris Fury. I'm the, the Marathon County Surveyor here. Um, Marathon County is uh, the largest county in the state, um, has 42 townships in it, um, and as far as landmass, it's the biggest. Um, there's about 135,000 people as far as population. Um, it's got a, you know, a decent-sized city in it. Um, Wausau is the city. That's got a population of about 39,000. And as, so as uh, it, the county surveyor here, I'm in charge of um, basically a lot of remonumentation in the area, um, survey review, um, CSM review, certified survey map review. Um, so, so it, I don't want to get off our topic too much, but I and, mm-hmm. and knowing Lisa, um, of course Van Horn, you know Lisa. Um, yes, and with her being our president elect at this point, and actually having a lot of friends in Wisconsin over the years, um, it and also with some work I've done with the Property Records Industry Association over the last couple of years, it seems like when I talk about the whole records part of things, um, you guys may be kind of ahead of the curve. It seems in getting more actual survey documents into the records. I think in my home state. Sometimes surveys never go to record at all. <laughs> you know, somebody just gets yeah. a piece of property surveyed. So from everything I've been able to understand, you guys do a really good job of that, I guess, statewide. Yeah, it's been, it, you know, you still have a few um, surveys that don't make it um, to the records, but uh, I think you're always going to have a little of that. But um, for the most part, yeah, most anything that gets done is either filed here at the county surveyor's office or it's over at the Register of Deeds. Um, which makes it um, a little easier on, on on being out there and finding you know monuments out in the field and and holding or not holding them. So it's uh, 
Yep, and as far as getting stuff, you know, it, we do provide a lot of things online also on our on our county website. So, you know, tie sheets for corners, um, section summaries, and plats of survey are, are all available to the surveyors online. So even if you're not from this area, you can still look it up and, and have that information. So well, and, and well. With, with, a, with a piece of air, uh, this area being as large as it is and uh, knowing what little I know about Wisconsin, having been through there a few times, I'm sure there's a lot of farming and that kind of thing going on. And obviously anything up in your area of the country has always got recreation associated with it. Um, yep. And uh, what do, what do you do? Your primary industry? Well, it's it's mostly ag. If you get out of uh, out of the Wausau area, um, it's mostly ag, and, and uh, it's crop, and it's um, you know there's there's uh, dairy farms, a lot of dairy farms, um, some beef farms. Um, there's some cheese factories in the area that uh, do a really nice job. Um, but yeah, and recreational, like you, like you mentioned, there's all kinds of lakes and um, in right in Wausau, you got a ski hill here. There's uh, the Rib Mountain. Well, it used to be Rib Mountain. It is Rib Mountain, but it's um, Granite Peak ski area. So there's some downhill skiing right here in Wausau and uh, mountain biking, uh, kayaking, all that, all that fun stuff. So, of course, everybody likes to hunt in this area, also. Um, so, yeah, I guess. Uh, it's inevitable most places, and you see this lots of other places. I don't know if it's affected you guys very much, but as pe as population begins to grow, you start to see some of those farms begin to be subdivisions, uh, and I'm sure you got some level of that. Um, yes, actually, we've had more subdivisions than um, in the past year. We've had a few come in already this year. Um, you know, I don't see all of those because you know our, my jurisdiction is just the unincorporated areas of Marathon County. So in some of the uh, villages in the city of Wausau, I wouldn't see those. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the last 10 years, we've it, that really dropped off. Um, haven't been seeing a lot of plats come in, plat, subdivision plats. But um, we're starting to see it pick up now, which is, um, you know, I think it's good. Um, but a lot of the areas around here are are regulated pretty heavily for exclusive ag. They want to mm -hmm. keep the farms. They they want to uh, make sure the farmlands are preser uh, preserved. So some areas you can't subdivide in those areas. So yeah, and that's that's uh, I think uh, strange sometimes for a lot of people who are our listeners or just in serving in general because there's lots of places in the country where that's pretty much all they do these days. And I can relate a little bit. I grew up in the mountains in southwestern Virginia, and that's like where you are. You don't see a lot of subdivision there. There's there's a bit of it, but not a great deal of it. And uh, so in in yours, when you were talking about uh, being involved in the unincorporated areas, in your job, you're are you involved in uh, surveys that are related there, or how, what's what's the specifics about that? Well, yeah, I mean, if, if there's anything that's any kind of surveying that's done um, that's outside of any village, city, um, then then I have jurisdiction um, over review of anything that's uh, under 10 acres. And that's kind of just the regional um, 
that's just kind of the region what what they came up with back in the day of, of okay how do we control a little bit of 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 how people you know subdivide their land uh, 10 acres that's a pretty good number i guess and so anything that's under 10 acres as far as a csm anything newly being created i would have uh, review over it um and then of course any subdivision plat that's in the un- unincorporated areas we would have review also um and so, and I know we talked a little bit about the, the, the control, so to speak, and and the uh, keeping up with mapping and all those kind of things. So, if, let's say, for example, somebody owns a huge farm and uh, one of the kids decides to get married and they want to break off eight acres or something. That that would it, does that plat always require review from the county, or can people do that up to a certain size um, without having to have a review? Yep, if it's over 10 acres, they can do it without without review. Um, okay. In fact, if it's over 10 acres, they could do it by a legal description and, and be fine. Um, so, yep. So the, the, the county has standards. I'm not going to uh, equate it to uh, all the ATSM standards, obviously, but there are standards that have to be followed in creating that plat that's that's under 10 acres and get and gets recorded. Right. Yep. Uh, yeah. We know we're looking at at statutes, basically. I mean, does does the the certified survey map meet the standards, or the or the the plat? You know, does it meet the standards of um, the minimum standards or the statutes? So. Right. Yeah. The reason I'm asking all these questions is I've always felt like that was something that should be done, but there's still a lot of places, even you know where I live. That that doesn't happen. <laughs> so sure. uh, that's really oh, yeah. I, I was a bit curious about it is because it's it seems like such a really uh, common sense thing to do uh, for everybody up and down the line and for posterity, of course, and, and history of the property. But it, it just doesn't happen in in a lot of different places in the country, which is which is true here as well. Yeah, and you know you know you'd think that some of the surveyors might be against that, or you know. You, uh, but honestly, a lot of the surveyors really appreciate the review because it's hard to get an A plus every time. Uh, I don't care how careful you are if you don't have a second set of eyes that uh, to trust to, to look over your work before it's submitted. There's going to be some errors, you know, and it could be you know little piddly spelling errors or a bearing that's flipped or something. But um, we usually catch them all and, and you know get a, get a quality product you know to be recorded. Yeah, I've often said, and even on the show, I think I've mentioned a few times the. The worst nightmare for surveyors is to go to the courthouse and find a recorded plat that hasn't been reviewed that has a west arrow instead of a north arrow. It's just marked as a north arrow. Um, just, you know, you get turned around in the CAD system or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. so you're so right about needing that extra set of eyes. There, there's no question about that. Yep. It seems to work out pretty well, and, yeah, you'd be surprised at how many errors we do find. But, uh, like I said, it's hard to get an A-plus every time. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, and I, I've I've always found that if I'm I, I can review my work. I, I can, this is even true in writing an email. I can review oh, what sure. I have written and send it, and then when an answer comes back, I'll read what I wrote to start with, and I've done something wrong. I've misspelled the <laughs> word or use a. It's just amazing. You think you have control over that, and you can review your own work over and over again, and never catch that error. Absolutely. Yep. I guess that's just human nature. We we see what we want to see when we're, when we're reading or what we think we said, and and that's true with with drawing plats too. Obviously, I mean it's it's just the way human nature is. 
And to think that so, that is going to be on record forever, you know, that is... Oh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that's the whole more reason to want to have somebody... Yeah, it's there. It's a hundred years from now, somebody's going to see that and say, oh, gee, who was that guy? You know, what, was, what was he thinking when he did that job? <laughs> so right. we're a little less than a minute before our first break, so thanks for sharing all that with, with our audience going in. I always like for the audience to get a good feel for for the, the person who's on the show and what they do for a living and those kind of things. So I, I really do appreciate it. So we'll we'll get started on our, our primary topic here uh, on that marker when, when we come back. Um, and it's uh, going to be uh, very interesting. Everything you've sent to me is, has really piqued a lot of interest and, and uh, a desire to hear more about the situation because I, I, I wasn't aware of the marker itself so you know, here i am a surveyor i should know that but i guess i'm not in the right part of the country to do that but anyway it was intriguing to me and that's one of the reasons i want to get you on the show to talk about the work that's gone into everything that you guys have done and what the project is and how people might uh, learn more about it so let's go to our break and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes okay quick stakes is your answer to staking lightweight easy to ride on easy to use easy to find and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes have you tried a sample if not get a pen and paper and write down this number 800-438-0387 or go to quickstake.com that's q-u-i-k-s-t-a-k-e dot com and order your samples ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today it's that time of year again if you suffer from itchy eyes sneezing a constant runny nose sinus headaches or an increase in asthma symptoms and you're tired of using allergy medicine maybe it's time to stop putting a band-aid on the problem Peachtree ENT Center believes in treating the problem instead of masking the symptom. We are pleased to offer an innovative alternative that can free you from this routine. Sublingual immunotherapy is a safe, easy, and effective way to treat allergies to food and environmental allergens for you and your family. Imagine placing drops under your tongue to treat allergies. No shots, no office visits with time off from work, and freedom from needing daily allergy medication. Just think next year... You can actually enjoy being outdoors. About an hour of your time is all it takes to change the quality of your life. Remember, Peace Street ENT Center is where patient care counts. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Well, Chris, before we went to break, we were beginning to talk about the project a little bit, so maybe you could start out and talk to us about the the 4590 marker and its significance. Okay, well, um, you know, basically there's only 4590, uh, there's only four of them uh, located on the earth. Um, so kind of the significance of the one in Wisconsin is it's the easiest one to get to. Um, there's the two that are falling in the southern hemisphere are, are falling under oceans, um, and then the one that is on, in the northeastern hemisphere is is in a mountainous region that's uh, in China, but near the Mongolian border, and uh, it looks like it'd be very hard to access. Um, so it, it's it's kind of a unique point. Um, it's the center of the northwest hemisphere. Um, 
and it, it, you know it, it, it's just it's something that that's easily accessible it's only four miles off of a, a state highway um, you know people have have popped in there quite a bit you know since we've been working on this um, so it's it's pretty interesting you know you, you don't you don't think you'd probably see a whole lot of traffic at this marker but um as we were out staking some things and doing some work uh people were were showing up and we had the opportunity to talk to a few and you know there were some from Canada there was some from you know Minnesota or just traveling through um decided to pop in so um basically there back in the 1960s it was uh, 1963 John Gesicki who owned a bar in Pontotuskey um he decided to start researching this and he was an entrepreneur and looking to maybe drum up some business for his bar but um he ended up getting uh the county and uh finding the mark he 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 put a mark down and it's a little 60 by 100 foot um county park out there with a with a nice sign explaining things um so that that was put up in 1968. Um, so what what how would the mark get set to begin with? I'm you know I I'm not exactly sure. Some 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 things that I've read is, have said that the USGS came out and helped them oh. to set the mark. And and I think I think it was a representative point to tell you the truth. I don't think it was the exact point. Because it fell, you know, just off the right of way of the road. It was, you know, just 60 by 100 off of a town road. And people would pull up in this little parking area and there'd be a, a monument in the ground in concrete. And um, so that's so kind it, of the, the, was it Was the whole idea to set it to begin with, um, did that initiate through... USGS or was somebody low, was it was it partially because of what the Mr. Gasecki did? I think it was pretty much all Mr. Mr. Gasecki. There was, you know, some people that were interested that were helping him to find the point. Um, I'm not sure USGS was involved to tell you the truth. I, I don't know if that's something they would do, um, but it's kind of interesting that <laughs> the sign says that it's a geological marker, <laughs> and it's it's a geographic marker. So there was. Right. You know there was some some errors in the sign, uh, the, some of the language and things, uh, but it was just a just a unique thing that he was looking to capitalize on. And you know if you if you went to the to the marker and you stopped in his bar in Pontotoskey, you would sign a a registry, um, and you'd you'd get a commemorative coin, and uh, you'd be you'd become a member of the 4590 club. I see. And there was. So there's hats and T-shirts and things, and um, but it was interesting. Um, All kinds of commercial enterprise to, <laughs> associated with it. That, that's pretty cool. So was there something if somebody went to the to the mark? Was there uh, something there that would direct them to his place? Is that how they found out where he was? Or um, I'm not sure. I don't think so. I, I think um, I. I I think he had things posted up at his bar. Most people were driving past the bar to get to the point, so he had probably signs out there. Um, but you know, there's at this point, there's over I think 6,500 signatures in there. Um, wow! From people from all over the world, and and as we as we picked up the book at the visitors center, it's it's no longer at the bar now. It's um it's at the visitors center in um in Wausau. But uh, the, yeah, so they decided to take that over from John when when uh, 
when he passed. But um, so there's there's signatures from all over the world, and it was kind of funny. We picked it up, and the first one we saw was from Beijing, China. Oh wow! So, <laughs> so I mean, there's and then you got to figure. I mean, if people are, are swinging into this point, you know, they're maybe on their way somewhere. It's kind of in passing. Um, you know, I'd probably say one in ten of people who are visiting that point are going to the visitor center to get their coin and get you know, part of the forty-five ninety club. Right. So uh, I'm still a little uh, uncertain about the the definition of where the point was supposed to be, so to speak. Was okay. that determined yep. geogra- ge- uh, geologically or geographically from by some entity or? I'm not sure. It looks like it was a county-made sign. Um, it was, it's a wood sign that's kind of uh, pretty common for most of the parks in the area. So I, I'm guessing it was the sign was made by somebody at the parks department. Um, the actual monument in the ground said County Surveyor's Office, um, and it had 4590 etched into it. Um, but you know, I, I think it was it was set as a representative point. I don't believe it was supposed to be set in the right place because that falls in a farmer's field about uh, 1,100 feet away. And if it's in a farmer's field that gets cultivated, that's probably not going to last very long. Right, <laughs> so right. And That, that makes and, sense. And there was, you know, the, you, you, there were stories of people who would see a post, like somebody would go out and set a post out at the at the right spot, but it would be gone the next year, of course, because they were cropping. Um, right. So. so as far as its actual geographic location, at least the, the, the theory of it all, I assume somewhere in history... Somebody had to compute where those four marks are around the world. Right, right, and and um, yeah. So I mean, basically, with um, with the advent of handheld GPS, you know, visitors started going out to the point that was there and seeing that it wasn't online or wasn't it wasn't at the at the exact point. So there was some negative feedback and and local newspapers and online for a number of oh, years. Yeah. Um, Everybody's an expert with a handheld GPS, right? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Not just for this mark, but marks in general, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, their property lines and all that. They know where they all are. Um, but it, yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, so so the the county surveyor's office was getting. This was before my time, but the county surveyor's office was getting calls, and the parks department was getting calls that, hey, you guys put this in the wrong place. So they went out and put a sign out there that says the actual point is this bearing and this distance in the field. Um, yeah, that, that so, actually reminds me of the, was it year 2000, I think it was, all across the country we did a bunch of surveys, we collectively as surveyors, and in conjunction with our states, marked the center of population of our state. Ah. And I don't know if you guys did that or not, but it was a project that we kind of worked on with with us or with ngs here at nsps and got a lot of our members involved in it and uh what 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 you just said reminded me that was the one in my home state of virginia actually ended up in a swamp and so they did the same thing there's a sign out along the highway um where we actually dedicated the mark but there's a big sign that says this is really not it it's down there in the swamp someplace (laughs) so it's it's the same kind of thing, but but you know, getting back to that whole negativity thing, it, it's kind of amazing to me how um, the more access people have to things like GPS or whatever, rather than uh, appreciate what that is and and the fact that you can find things within reason, 
people now think everything has to be precise to the millimeter. Right. And if it's not, then there's a problem somewhere along the way. Right. Now, we do we do like that to be true on property corners, obviously, but not necessarily Absolutely. these kind of things. Yeah, right. That's for sure. So, so the, uh, when you guys got involved, was it through the society, or was it uh, a local group around where you are? Or how, how did you all get it in, interested in it? Well, you know, we've got a our central chapter of the WSLS, um, so it's the Wisconsin Society of Land Surveyors, and then, you know, you have your, your local chapters within that. Um, our central chapter are kind of always looking for outreach um, projects to do, some way to get our name out there to promote our profession and educate people on what we do. And um, it's just seemed like a decent project, something that, you know, it's right in our wheelhouse and it's right in our backyard. So um, we, we decided that we'd at least give the the park a little facelift because the sign was obviously had some wrong information and there was some disrepair. You know, the fence was kind of falling down a little bit, and um, so it was like 2015. I think the end of 2015, we decided we were going to try to do something out there, and um, and then we basically pro- um, proposed the project to the, the parks commission here at the county because it is a county park, um, and. Um, so the project actually got accelerated uh, probably mid-2016 when we found out that there was an international ginseng festival coming to Wausau. And um, the 45 degree, uh, the 45th parallel is kind of, uh, it's known to be kind of the right climate to grow ginseng. So it was promoted, this, this um, 4590 marker was promoted in the pamphlet, and they're expecting, you know, uh, I think a conservative estimate is like 10,000 people to be coming to Wausau for this in September. So, Okay. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. We're, I, won't, I won't get you into it at the, uh, before we go to the break, because we only have a little over a minute left before the next break, but okay. you, you probably are going to need to explain to some of our listeners what ginseng is. Uh, when okay. we get back, I know you and I had a conversation about it when we first started talking. But and I was telling you about in the in the mountains of Virginia where I grew up. A lot of our survey crew spent a lot of their days looking for ginseng rather than <laughs> surveying. Uh, but <laughs> and and it's funny because you were talking about the right climate. When and I'm not one of those guys who goes out and hunts for it. But when you hear them talking, it's like they know er- every little thing that makes it most li- more likely to find. You know, it's on this side of the slope or it's that you know whatever there's always a lot of discussion among people about uh about how you find it and then like i said before i'm guessing there's probably a few people if not a lot of people who are listening to this show or will listen to this show who won't even know what it is so that'll be interesting for us to talk about when he comes back okay. so is this is this festival uh is that an, an annual thing or was it just a once in a well, this is this this year is the first annual, and uh, oh, this year's going to okay. Yep. So apparently, it's going to be an annual thing, and um, and and it's because so much ginseng is grown in this area. Um, yeah, well, that's 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 pretty cool. You can find a you can hold a festival for almost anything, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually a pretty big industry in this area. I mean. Uh, we probably need to cut, but I, I can get into some uh, details yeah. when we get back. Yeah, we got about 
10 seconds left, so that'd be a really good idea to, to talk about that and w what it means to the area and uh, after we explain what it is. So let's go to break. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. So ginseng, that's spelled G-I-N-S-E-N-G -E for those who don't know what it is and those who haven't rushed off to their dictionary to look it up yet. Um, tell us a little bit about it and how, how, what role it plays where you are. Well, ginseng is a, it's a root that's, um, that either grows wild um, in the area or it, it, it's cultivated and actually farmed. Um, the wild ginseng grows uh, fairly decent out here, but it's, uh, it, it brings more money. Um, the cultivated ginseng is, uh, it's basically exported mostly to China. Um, but it is, it's a root and it, uh, it's, it's believed to have a lot of healing powers, um, as a supplement. So it can be made into like pills for you to take, or it's put into energy drinks or, um, supplement drinks. Yeah, I, I recall growing up hearing about ginseng tea mm -hmm. where people would, I don't know if they used it just that for the tea or if it was mixed in with tea, I don't really know. I just, I remember that name as a kid, people talking about it. Yeah, they, they, they do that. I think it's mixed with tea and they, they put ginseng in the tea and um, the, um, it's supposed to have uh, healing powers and and, and this, I, I'm not exactly sure of all the all the things that it's believed to do, but um, but it, you know, it, this is an area that is uh, it it it, it um, big industry in this area is growing ginseng. Um, so 
um, 95, actually, 95% of U.S. consumption is grown in Wisconsin. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's about a million pounds a year um, that's produced. And uh, 95% of that is actually grown in Marathon County. Wow. So it's a really it's a really hot pocket for, for, for growing this, this ginseng that's, um, that's really marketable to, to Asia. Um, so 80% of that uh, is actually exported out to Asia. So you were talking before the break about the folks who were doing this, this festival coming up. And um, I, I guess, did they just kind of coincidentally find out about the 4590 marker and, and tie their advertising to it? Or maybe you don't know the yeah. answer to that. I was just curious. Yeah. For some reason, I, you know, I think it was the Visitors Bureau that was that was working with these ginseng farmers to, to get this thing done. Um, and, and they were looking for just some um, highlights in the area for, for people coming from all over the world to come and see, you know, interesting things here in Wausau, and it, and it was, uh, you know, I think uh, being the 40, being on the 45th parallel um, and at the 90 marker, it's it's really just, uh, it was kind of just grabbed onto it and um, promoted as being part of the part of the festival. And how many folks did you say they were anticipating? Well, I talked to the Visitor Bureau the other day, and they were, um, conservatively, they're, they're expecting about 10,000 people. Well, oh, it's first year. Um, we'll see. <laughs> it'll it'll grow. The, the reason I asked that question, I think I mentioned this on the radio show before. I don't know, but in in my hometown in southwestern Virginia, which is maybe two thousand people, um, back in nineteen sixty seven, they started a coin and gun show to make money to rebuild the old VFW hall that had collapsed under a snowfall. Oh. And pretty quickly, that turned into a a flea market. And so over the decades since that's been going, they, they average somewhere around two or 300,000 people on Labor Day weekend in that little town. So I'm, I'm just telling you that as a warning. This may grow, <laughs> and, and you'll, see, you'll see vendor tents all up and down the highway and traffic come to a stall and all those kind of things. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some, some big activities planned for that, uh, for that weekend. I think there's, like, um, some, some boat races going on uh, right on Lake Wausau in town here. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is it, it's a pretty it's – a, it's, a, it's a cash – that ginseng is a, is a cash crop. I mean, it is something that, that does bring quite a bit of money. And um, there's people from all over the world, uh, you know, majority uh, Asia, uh, that are going to be coming to this thing, including Chinese dignitaries. Um, so it should be pretty big, actually. Yeah, that's. And when is that going to be? It's September sixteenth, sixteenth um, and seventeenth. I want to say. And so, have yeah. they? Since this is kind of the initial thing, are they thinking that it'll be an annual thing now? That's what they're thinking, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the way those kind of things get started, and you know, it can become quite a big deal. And and uh, you mentioned in one of your notes, so I'll, I'll ask this question of, of you because uh, the thought came to my mind: people don't want to go to the real location, and it's not where the mark is. So that means they got to get on somebody's land. Right, right. Um, you know, so so our central chapter, we decided that. Uh, we were gonna we were gonna just give the uh, the park a facelift, and then then we just decided, hey, why don't we ask to see if the landowner would be 
uh, interested in, in possibly giving us an easement out to the real point. And um, they were very, um, they were very uh, helpful with that. Um, so it's um, her, their names are uh, Francis and Sherry Schuler, and actually Sherry's dad was the one who helped get the the original easement out there for the for the mark that was there. So they were very uh, oh when they very you helpful. mean when it was first set, right, right. Yeah. So she had kind of a little thing in her heart about you know how her dad had been a part of this. Oh uh, sure, yeah. The first mark out, and um, they, there was uh, absolutely no request for money or anything. And actually, Francis, her husband, uh, offered to help maintain the park. Oh wow! So uh, you may have mentioned this before, but if you did, I I missed it. Did you say how far into the property off off the road or whatever it is to get out to the actual point? It's about 1,100 feet as the crow flies. Um, uh, and now that we've kind of got an idea of, of the path, it's about a 1,300-foot uh, path to walk out there. So, well, that's probably going to be pretty busy. Yeah, it's um, you know, it, it's not. It's it's kind of a pretty walk too. It's you know, it's along his field line. It's not like we're going right through the the heart of his farm field. It oh, kind of goes nice, along. Yeah. A, Right, it kind of goes like out of the existing parking lot along a, uh, a wetland and then up along his tree line and then about 150, once you get out to the point uh, where he need to go out into the field, it's about 150 feet out into his field. So it's, it's you know, it's kind of up on a little hill and it's it, you get, it's really nice uh, landscape to, to look at and just a nice spot. So to accommodate all that, obviously there's some, planning that had to be uh, done to just, I mean, you get all those people walking out through the property, eventually they're going to leave a mark. So I guess if there's going to, is there going to be a path, I guess, and will it be just a dirt path or what all goes into figuring out how they get that done? Now, is it, and again, is that something you guys do at the county? Well, we've been trying to do as much as we can um, as far as in-kind services to try to get keep the cost of this thing low. Um, but yeah, it'll be a it'll be a gravel base path, and then actually we had a local asphalt company donate a bunch of re- recycled asphalt, um, oh. so it will be paved. And and um, the path was actually engineered by one of our local surveying firms, um, free of cost. Um, they they did a bunch of work for us, and and um, they've done a really nice job with it. Um, so. A lot of this is, is is trying to be, you know, trying to make this this project uh, more of a donation, you know, from private funds more than anything coming out of tax money. Goes right, over, and goes I'm, over a little better. <laughs> with the yeah, and, and and I assume with all the work that's going into it to to get the path down and make sure it's stable, it probably becomes a um, something people will want to do when they come there. You know, I can imagine driving up to the site and say, here's the sign, it's not exactly the spot, and you're looking all around, well, where is it? So I'm assuming there this will kind of be a perpetual thing. So people who come there, will they, after the festival's over, they'll still be able to walk the path, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, um, there's, there's plans to have some nice uh, landscaping out there, uh, some benches for people to sit along the way, um, you know, and then, and then educational signs. You know things about uh, latitude and longitude, uh, the transverse Mercator system, 
um, maybe even some things about uh, GPS, you know, the difference between accuracies of handheld versus survey-grade GPS. Mm-hmm. So just some educational things for, you know, maybe a class that's, that's uh, you know, a geography class that would maybe want to come out and uh, teach the kids some things. Yeah, maybe it'll become one of those points that uh, people go searching for with their GPS units, right? And sure, I, I absolutely. Can't, I can't think of the name of the new one where you get points for going and get them. But there's uh, there, the geocaching. Obviously, has been around a while, but now there's right. a, a new uh, craze that's going on that I can't think of the name of off the top of my head. But okay. I'm sure uh, well, that kind of yeah. Anybody interested in anybody interested in in, in you know geography and we, there was a there was actually a geocache that was at the old monument, and it was just this little box that was shoved under the fence post uh, where the concrete was kind of eroded away, and you know there were stamps from people of, from all over the world, and it was kind of interesting to me. I never really got into that, but uh, people really do get into it. Um, oh yeah, so they do. There will be a new geocache out there also, and um, so. yeah, a lot of folks around in the surveying world. Um, do that kind of thing associated with National Surveyors Week. You know, they'll mm-hmm. set up a geocache somewhere, and of course it remains after they first do it. But there for a while, that was a pretty popular thing for for people to do when geocaching kind of first hit the hit the public interest. Mm-hmm. So it's always good for people to have a have a goal when they go. They, they've got something to to uh, write down or, or be a part of, rather than just say, "Gee, I think I'll stop and see this thing." So. Right, right. That that's pretty cool. So now was the cost we we talked about that a little bit, but that cost is all being borne whatever it is by the county or who's who's covering that? Or is it the people well, at the festival? Well, we've been able to get um some donations from the private surveying firms or uh, you know, of of services and things. Now our our um our county highway department is going to be building the path, and they they actually were able to get a lot of material and labor from some of the local, um, you know, um, like Athens Hard Rock, the the the, uh, the gravel pits and things. Um, so they were able to raise over forty grand for just the path. Wow! Um, yeah, which was amazing. Um, so that that really helps. Um, some of the, the local surveying chapters uh, have offered to, to pitch in some money, you know, if, even if it's just a little bit here and there. Um, but um, also the Visitors Bureau was able to come up with some money for uh, funds coming out of uh, an account that's set up for tourism. Right. Um, well, we're so about ready to go nice. to break. Let's pick up on that when we come back and tell people how they can can be involved. Okay. Sounds good. To staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number 800 438 0387 or go to quickstake.com. That's Q U I K S T A K E.com and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy, 
or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. back for our final segment today with Chris Fieri talking about uh, a project, and we're talking about ginseng also. <laughs> uh, so that's that's pretty neat, actually. Um, so you were talking about some of the local folks chipping in, and uh, I, it sounds like quite a bit have obviously time, effort, and, and money has, has gone into this thing. Was, was the level of effort and the the actual cost associated with it anticipated being what it is, or did it turn, like so many other projects, it just kind of grows? I think exactly what you just said. I mean, it, it we we kind of sat around, and we were trying to get some funds together, and then all of a sudden, you know, some some donors came um, came up and, and really helped us out, and, and at this point, we're still, we're still looking for some money, um, try to get this thing taken care of you know some of these interpretive signs and things they they do cost money um you know we i think that's one of one of one of the bigger costs too is is the signs just because um you're trying to relate kind of a a topic that's kind of complex but you want it to be uh be able to be understood by maybe a fifth grader so it's um it's kind of interesting um that and that but yeah we're we're still looking for some some donations here and and some of the local surveying chapters have helped us out um the wsls um so yeah we can uh do a little bit of uh, promotions for you i can do something in the newsletter and uh get the, get the word out i mean this this is all after all a a surveyor thing in a lot of ways just because of the the point itself and being such a unique point, um, certainly to our hemisphere. Um, so we'll, we'll be glad to help you with some outreach on that for sure. So where where are we along the way? I mean, we're talking September 16th. That that sounds like a long ways away, but it, it's only a couple of months, right? Right. <laughs> it's it's coming fast. Yep, it's coming fast. And um, yeah, basically where we're at now is that the old sign has been ripped down, the um, – the fence has been taken out, and and the, the parks department has been out there cutting some trees because as you're walking along that path, uh, there was some widowmakers, uh, you know, hanging up in the trees, and there was some some uh, I guess trees that could come down that they wanted to take out, so they skidded all that out. And um, Dave, my technician here, and I at the county here, we we went out and actually staked the path. Um, so that's all ready to go, um, and as far as I heard, one of the uh, excavating companies was going to be out there this week to remove some of the soil um, 
because it is a it is a, a clay loamy soil. It's kind of a you, we're going to need to take some of that soil out and then uh, put put a good base down. Um, mm-hmm. So and then as far as the county uh, highway department coming in after right after the uh, excavators to come and and put the base down. Um, so I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks the path will be built. Um, as far as the marker itself, um, we've got a, a one-foot diameter uh, survey marker, uh, brass disc, that's going to go in a stone, and it's going to be set in concrete. There's a 15-foot concrete uh, pad that we're looking at putting in. So, And then on each cardinal direction, there will be a, another stone uh, on the exterior of the um, the pad um, with etched, you know, 45, 90. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're hoping to make it a nice nice little um, place to, to come hang out and come test your GPS over the top of it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> People can find out just just how uh, precise that measurement actually is, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, uh, that'll be an interesting thing. And, and as we were talking about, I don't know if we were talking about this before the show started or during the break, that you'll get lots of calls from people telling you how far off you are. <laughs> right. <laughs> Doesn't match their GPS, so it's got to be wrong. Right, right. Um, it's, now, it's interesting. One of the things that you noted in, in the notes you sent me was that you actually used a UAV. To, I guess that was to 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 uh, map the area from the existing site out to where the mark's going to be set? Right, yeah. A local firm had just bought um, a UAV, and, and we're looking to get some use out of it. And, and so they did, they did a flight. Um, took some really amazing pictures, which are on our county website here. But um, they they did the topo of the area and then put together a a walkthrough video. And um, oh. so it's kind of interesting where you know you you start out at the the point in the parking lot and then you you actually walk the trail. Um, and there's you know it's a simulation of of what the proposed project is going to look like or what we're trying to make it look like with, um, you know, benches and people and trees. And um, it's pretty interesting. That is that is also on our county website. Um, there's a link to a YouTube channel that you can go look at that. It's about yeah, four for minutes the list, long. For the listeners, what is that website? Uh, Marathon County? Uh, it's, well, I guess you just Google Marathon County, Wisconsin, and it'll pop up. It's our county website. Okay. And and then you're going to go into departments. Um and in departments, you're going to go to conservation, planning, and zoning. And then within that, you're going to go to geoservices and then the county surveyor's office. And then you'll find it. It'll be listed as the 4590 project. Yeah, when we, uh, I don't, did we, when we did the little piece in the newsletter, I don't remember if we gave this this website or not. I, I think I provided a, I think I provided a link to it. Okay, that's so, probably what it was. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, I do, I do remember there was a link in the article so that people can find it that way and and take a look at it. And now is the I, I'm assuming there was an actual plan done. Is it shown if people follow that link as well, so that people you know how we are as surveyors, we want to see what plans look like. Uh, I'm not sure the actual engineering plans for the for the path are on there. Okay. Yeah, but there was, you know, there's a an exhibit map that that we put together that kind of shows the easement, um, where the mark was, the parking lot. There's been a little bit of expansion with the parking lot, and then the path going out, and then uh, to the to the monument. 
So it's kind of overlaid over an aerial photo. Um, kind of shows the, the scope of the project pretty much. Yeah. You know, the one thing I was thinking about if we were, yes, we were chatting and you were talking about the, the other three sites around the world not being mm-hmm. accessible really. Um, I, it makes me wonder if there might be any interest in putting something together. It doesn't have to be too detailed necessarily that we could share with our uh, with our FIG group, the you know the international group that NSPS belongs to. Um, you know, there's the FIG is made up of I don't know how many hundred countries, but uh, almost every country in the world is part of this international surveying organization. And uh, of course, we're the U.S. representative. But that sounds like the kind of thing that would be of interest to that group of people, particularly because it's of its international significance. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever thought about doing anything like that, but it just well, it the, just occurred to me as we were having this conversation. Well, that's that sounds great. I mean, it sounds like they'd be all over that. Um, you know, I, I guess I didn't I didn't think that that far. I, I thought maybe the NSPS was about as far as I would I would take it, but. It, you know, of course, you're going to run into people who have great ideas like that. <laughs> so that's that's awesome. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll John Hohall from Wisconsin. Do you know John? I don't believe I know John. No. For years, John worked with Bernson. Okay. And came around to all the state shows for them, and um, he lives in Madison, actually, and um, he is our head of delegation our being NSPS delegation to FIG. Um, so, And he's actually the chair of their foundation. Uh, oh. So I, I'll talk with him about this and see, because oftentimes what happens is at their international meetings, people come in and report on projects and have all kinds of things that they talk about, you know, that would be of interest to people. And whether you guys have any interest in that or not, I don't know. They're not going to be, well, I started to say they're not going to be back in the Western Hemisphere before 2022. We're putting in a bid to, to do the 2022 FIG International Conference down in Florida. Okay. The last time it was in the Western Hemisphere was when we did it in Washington in 2002. But, of course, being an international group, they have it all over the world. Um, sure. So, again, that might be something to talk about. I, I know that's a bit down the road, obviously, for that conference. Mm-hmm. But if if there were a paper or somebody wanted to make a presentation or whatever, um, I I, you can petition the, whoever's doing the next program, wherever that may happen to be. Um, so, but I'll talk to John about that. I, I think this would be worth at least um, print, you know, publishing something about it with them. Whether or not it turns into a presentation or not would be another question. But I think it would be worth maybe uh, publishing something with them about it. It's such a cool project. Oh, that'd be outstanding. Yeah, I mean. Any little help is, is great, um, you know, and, and like you said, just the international significance of it, um, it might, they might be right on board with this. So, yeah, that's great. Well, I'll definitely that's talk great. with John, and I'll, I'll get him connected to you as well um, so you can talk directly with him because he knows much more about how that group operates than do I. I show up at the meetings sometimes, but that's about as involved as I get in terms of programming. <laughs> so, <laughs> But, but John will know all about it. So now that that you've kind of got this uh, project thing in your blood, you got any other exciting ones that are going to take place in the county? <laughs> nothing of this, nothing of this priority, I'm sure. But 
I thought maybe you enjoyed this so much you just want to keep doing this all the time. <laughs> well, it's it's been it's been taking up quite a bit of my time. I, I I've been um, you know trying to like I said uh, trying to keep up on my my daily work and um, remonumentation projects are always my favorite. We you know we pick townships and we go out and find the old corners and old stones and all the cool surveying uh, you know markers out there and that's that's kind of my passion. That's what I enjoy doing. So that's gonna probably take up most of my time yeah that to me that sounds like such a cool thing to do and of course being from a meets and bounds state that's sort of a foreign concept but right, it, right. I, and i know it's an awful lot of work and i know it's important and it, it just sounds like it would be one of those things that would kind of get in your blood and and you want to get them all done <laughs> yeah yeah we're about 70 percent so are you yeah 70 percent. that's about where we're at but how long did it take nine, to get to there well, we're we're probably close to ninety five percent monumented, but we're trying to get GPS coordinates on all of them now and have have good um, data on them too. So, um, you know, there's been a county surveyor here full time since I think seventy five. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. As, as a matter of fact, for folks who don't know about the county surveyor system, uh, I don't know what the percentages are, but I know there's a fairly good number that don't have that in house surveyor. They maybe some surveyor in the area contracts to do it or something like that right yeah a lot of the a lot of the counties um it's four hours a week which um basically allows you to maybe review some maps and file file the the maps that are coming in where um you know i think the the private surveyors really uh appreciate what we do here because they can look at what was done and say hey that's that's good to go we can we can get out there and uh, well, believe it or not, we're we're ten seconds away from being done for the day. So I want to oh be sure boy. I thank okay. you for joining me. It's been great. I know we never have enough time to get everything done we want, but it's been great having you on the show. So, well, thank really you so much, Kurt. Appreciate thank it you. too. Thank you. Take care. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.